T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yo, Holmes! Lawrence Holmes. Holmes runs it really well. Noon to two. Holmes doing what Holmes does. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yo, Holmes! And 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Another game seven in the storied history of this franchise. And the Bucks will fall short as the Boston Celtics advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, winning four games to three in a classic series between two terrific teams. The channel a little Jimmy Johnson, the former Cowboy coach. How about Tim Mavericks? Wow. Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks are going to the Western Conference Finals. Two games yesterday were not very entertaining, but we do have our Eastern and Western Conference Finals are now all set. Giannis and the boys were eliminated by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and Boston Celtics are going to play the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference. Man, was that a something last night. Luca the Don out here doing work, defeating the Suns. They will go on to take on Golden State in the Western Conference Final. Tony Gill used to be the executive producer of this show. Since then, he has gone on to do great things, being in charge of content for NBC Sports Chicago, something called 10 Movies. He's also the executive producer of the Sports Adjacent podcast, and he helps Stephen Bardo with Bardo's Breakdowns. He joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hello, Tony. How are you? What's up, Lawrence? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing really well, and you seem to be doing well, too. I sent you the picture from the point because I, I, I saw the type of money that you're going to have to spend on, on your wedding uh, out there at the point this weekend in Hyde Park. Like, it's it's about to go down. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every day I wake up, first thing I think about, man, I had to get to it. Got this big wedding coming up. How? What else do, do I? I may need to show some feet. <laughs> oh, you got to you got to start OnlyFans to to pay for this wedding. Is that what's happening? <laughs> hey, it, it it was considered. It was considered, no doubt. So say, so, hey, if you if you want to see Tony Gill's feet, that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get is feet. Um, uh, nothing else. Yes, he's. Maybe, on, I don't know. Depends how much you pay. He's on the Dolazal <laughs> plan uh, on OnlyFans, <laughs> trying to get this wedding paid for. Uh, Tony. <laughs> 
you had a, a what what I thought was a a really big like galactic basketball thought, and I want to ask you about what happened in the last couple of games. But I wanted to spend some time talking with you about this. You were talking about player empowerment in the NBA and how there's been too many of the guys that that felt empowered have gone on and they probably screwed themselves because of their own empowerment. Can you can you give us an idea of what you were trying to say when talking about that? Yeah, so um everything kind of comes in waves and you know, the pendulum swing where, you know, at one point organizations uh in early stages of the NBA uh, controlled everything about the player. They controlled where you went. They controlled where you played. They controlled, controlled how long you played. Um, even, you know, Michael Jordan, where his opinion was considered. But Jerry Krause still ended up doing what he was going to do. And to their credit, he got the right players around Michael, um, and they won a bunch of championships. Uh, but nobody has enacted their power uh, as a superstar um, over a franchise like LeBron James, and he just kind of set off a wildfire of players who make similar salaries because of the cap sport, thinking that they uh, can do all the things LeBron can uh, and still win. And what these players are realizing is everybody, y'all not LeBron. (laughs) You know, you can't call your own shot uh, and, and ultimately win. And so what we're seeing with, you know, the Ben Simmons, James Harden's, uh, even the Kevin Durant, the Kawhi Leonard's, where guys are, uh, and, and again, there's no disrespect to players uh, dictating their own destinies and their own futures, but they're sabotaging their own careers, uh, trying to do things that they think will best serve them in the long run, and it's just not working out. Um, I think in order to be as successful as possible, your input as an NBA superstar should be considered. But your job isn't to team build. Your your job is to play basketball, be the best that you can be, work with your teammates. Um, But in terms of team building, in terms of coaching, in terms of style of play, all of that stuff needs to be spread out you can't control everything and now what we're seeing uh is is players essentially um when the grand scheme of things when they retire now the conversations are going to be man if he didn't actually that trade or man if he didn't uh you know call the stink where he was he probably could have won more versus those conversations of man the organization's ruined them yeah, I think that you're right, Tony. Like I, I look at this and, and think there's there's a middle ground. And maybe you're right that the pendulum is swung too far. Like I don't want to take their power away because that that right. feels gross to me to to say mm-hmm. they need to have power taken away. What I want for them to do is understanding how to use their power better and and have it actually serve you. There's part of me that feels like some of this stuff is strictly like, I can do this, so I'm going to do this, even if it doesn't serve you overall, like in, in the broad, like big picture of some of this stuff. And I, I look at what LeBron's done with the Lakers, and I go, man, like you've put yourself in a horrible position that, that you now will probably try to extricate yourself from, but you could have been in a better position 
had you had the the had a better group of people advising you on what to do and how to do it. So I I don't know, Tony. Like I, I'm not sure how players can if they're really introspective enough to look at some of these high profile failures in the NBA and say, you know, find the right people that won't just agree with you, but but maybe will challenge you a little bit to to think more broadly. Well, as you look at the final four teams in the in the playoffs now, Golden State, you have a bunch of guys that trusted the process and not to, you know, co op trusting the process, but that trusted the organization that they stayed there and 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 built something together in the Warriors. You got Luca, who you know probably could have caused a big stink. You know the the whole Christoph Porzingis experiment was went awfully wrong, but he didn't cause a big fuss. He stayed, and he he's obviously under contract. But they built something there. They got a new coach. They built around Luca, and now look where they are. Look at Boston. They easily could have broken that team up. One of them could have caused the biggest of fusses and would have gotten traded. But no, they all stayed there. The Miami Heat, who has been a, uh, I think they, like been since uh, uh, they won their championship, has been in contention or you know other than a couple years um, where they built something sustainable. Um, all, look at Giannis, like Denver, <laughs> like there's something to building something and working with when you know, look, I can't be thinking about other players' contracts and other things outside of what I do here. I know what I what makes me comfortable, and I know what type of personalities. I have to trust what the organization to agree. And, yes, that puts a lot of onus on the organization. The fans will take care of that, putting pressure on organizations to make the right decisions. But the players need to work together with these organizations to get the best result possible. Right. It's trying to figure out where that, that middle ground is, like that nexus of here are the things that I need, here are the things that I've earned, here are the things that I deserve, and then figuring out how can I, I hand that off to the executives that run this and then they can build the right way. And, and you're right. Like It would have been very easy for Giannis to be like, eh, Milwaukee, I'm not staying here. But he did, and I think it ends up being perfect for him. I don't know if Giannis would enjoy some of the spotlight that comes with being in some of these other places. Like Milwaukee seems to fit him perfectly. The example that you give, Tony, about Steph and, and Clay, and, and Steph in particular, where there have been LeBron's been making overtures to, to Steph to come and join him and stuff in, in Los Angeles, but Steph's been like, no, everything seems to be cool over here. I've got this great coach. I've got a, a good teammate. I've got a support system. I like my fan base. I like where I live. And seeing him succeed in those moments, I wonder if other players will go, well, maybe I don't have to go so hard at I'm going to worm my way or or force my way out of a situation instead of trusting that your organization will put you in a position where you can shine. Yeah, and, and, and that's a, a, a big thing why, you know, where LeBron started to spark, and it, I think that, that trio, the, the super team thing, it's starting to settle down because players are starting to see the importance of having a complete team. When you're 
tripling down on the superstar on the uh, top end of your salary cap, the residual effect is you're, the rest of that roster is probably going to be awful. Um, it's only so much you can convince a, uh, a good player to take a pay cut to hey, don't get what you value in order to be a part of something bigger. There's only so many times you can do that and ask that of a player. So what does that mean? No. Give me at least somebody that I can depend on. Some one or two players that uh, that I can depend on, and we will figure out the rest of the roster and build it out. The depth is now more important than the top, or just as important. I shouldn't say more important because it's still the NBA. You still need superstars, but it's just as important as uh, everything else that goes around. So that I mean, LeBron or star players—they're not doing scouting reports. They're not going to gyms to scout out, you know, potential players um, in the draft and in the G League and overseas. I, I mean, how can they? So in that case, the, the organizations need to be set up properly where they can fill out rosters to build championship and consistent contending uh, winning versus just going all in on the top end talent. We've seen how it's worked out the, the, the last couple times with Brooklyn, um, the Having a big three, I think that era might be dead unless you've actually grown them through the draft uh, versus free agency. And the crazy part, Tony, and we're talking with Tony Gill of NBC Sports Chicago, former EP of this show. The crazy part to me is you can go and get a superstar to team with, and and you and that superstar are going to, to rule the league. The problem is if one of you gets hurt, if one of you misses significant amount of time, then it's one superstar and a bunch of bums that, that are out here, and that's not going to end up being good. People kind of warn, like the outside warn LeBron. And I think that LeBron, for the most part, has handled his business really well. And I mean the, the, the business of LeBron Co. He's handled it really well. But the situation that he was in in L.A. where people – Smart people were like, you know, LeBron, if you put together this group of old dudes and and a guy that's often hurt, you're going to find yourself having to do way too much work. And he was like, nope, we got this. And then what ended up happening? Russell Westbrook is in complete tailspin career-wise. Anthony Davis gets hurt. And LeBron has a great year statistically. He had an unbelievable season, but he was being asked to do so much that it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of become routine, right? Everybody in the world knows what LeBron needs to be successful, right? He needs shooting, and he needs defenders. And for some reason, LeBron just doesn't see that. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's the perfect example of what we're talking about here. If you can't, how can you possibly see what, you know, what needs to go on around you when you're in it. You need multiple planes of, of, of sight when you're trying to, you know, be a consistent winner and when you're trying to do this thing. And for some reason, I mean, it, it was easy to make that move to keep Alex Caruso. Easy. I think statistically, if I can remember this correctly, uh, I think it was said that uh, Alex Caruso is the LeBron James of playing with LeBron James, just statistically. Like, he fit LeBron perfect and played off LeBron perfectly well. But LeBron didn't see that. LeBron saw, oh, I can add another superstar. I'll make it work out. 
It doesn't matter who. And then LeBron got the reality check. Like, yeah, LeBron had a fantastic season for his age. Um, unprecedented season for a guy that well, other than, like, you know, Kareem or something. But he also saw the effects of, like, oh, man, I can't, I, I can't do it like I used to, where my stats don't infect the winning anymore. Like, that had to be a mm. shock to him. Like, why can't I do this? You know, and I'm putting up the numbers. Like, you see my stat line, and we're still losing. Like, that, that had to be a shock for LeBron. And, you know, I, I hope it was a reality check. Like, there's still time for him to fix it. He's still a great player. He's, um, we all know what LeBron is. I don't need to, you know, say much about what he does. But I hope he sees this as an opportunity to, all right, maybe I need to work better with uh, the organization. Otherwise, we're going to be talking about, you know, what happened at the end of LeBron's career. Um Hopefully not more than what he's done, but I mean it's going to be uh, come up in conversations about him once once he's finally done. Are you surprised to see the Eastern and Western Conference final opponents? Ooh, I mean no, no. I mean as much as people have not talked about uh, Miami. They've been consistent throughout the year. And the big thing that has helped Miami specifically uh, is they've gotten used to not having people. <laughs> like, they've grown. Like, who? Gabe Vincent. Our, your guy, Max Struess from DePaul, who that, you know, multiple teams have gave up on. They built up these players. Uh, Jimmy didn't play a lot this year. Kyle Lowry didn't play a lot this year. But they didn't use that as an excuse. So, they've been building up uh, this team overall. Um to survive a long playoff push. So I'm not surprised by Miami. Definitely not surprised by Boston. Um, they've been the best team in, in the league the, uh, this year, this calendar year. Um, and I don't think it's been particularly close. Uh, we all kind of predicted the Warriors uh, will be there. Uh, the only shock really is Dallas. Like, I, I don't get how that Game 7 happened with, with Phoenix. I watched it again. I read all the articles. It's, it they got checkmated for five straight games, essentially. Yep. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand that how Monty Williams got taken to the woodshed by Jason Kidd strategically. Like, I just don't understand it. Chris Paul was obviously not being effective on either side of the ball, but there was no adjustment. And I get that's your guy. I get you've been there since New Orleans, but there was no adjustment to what they were doing to Chris Paul throughout the whole series and it had to be a shock that wow they're not they're still trying Chris Paul out here in the same form or fashion like I, I just didn't get why there wasn't an adjustment that's probably my biggest surprise do you think that this is the coming out party for Luca I mean basketball heads love Luca but oh, yeah. may, maybe for for the rest of the public like they they now will get a chance to see how great this dude is Luca's biggest thing was trusting his teammates enough um, to do what they need to do to help him win. Luca was a dog from jump. Um, I remember when he was coming out, and you know they were like, "Oh, we should go Aiden or Trey Young," and I was like, "There's been a 16 year old kid dominating the second best league in the world, winning everything over there. If he's the best player in the second best league in the world." And he's not even 20. I think you should probably take him number one overall. And he was ready to play from the jump. So his, his issue was just trusting his teammates enough. And once he started to do that, once Jason Kidd, which is another 
you know, storyline about this is Jason Kidd's coaching has dramatically increased to connect with star uh, with his star player to get the most out of a roster. And strategically, he's certainly been a, a, uh, a great uh, uh, X and O guy, um, better than I thought uh, that he was. Um, but yeah, this is this is Lucas' time. This is certainly Lucas' time. We knew that he can dominate a game. It's how efficiently could he do it and could he trust his teammates. And now he's doing it. And now he's on the grand stage. Are you impressed by your ability to pressure NBA writers into doing the right thing and giving the MVP to Nikola Jokic? Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they they knew they I, I put every writer on notice. I was texting KC. KC Johnson is my friend, and I text him routinely. And I was like, "Hey, you you going for Jokic, right? You know what it is." Casey knew what it was. So yeah, I am I am impressed that my reach has gone so far around the NBA. So yeah, I'm very very happy with uh, with the results. Tony, you did a great job getting Jokic the MVP award. And uh, I appreciate the work you're doing on Sports Adjacent. Great episode this weekend talking about being broke when you start out in this business and how the reality of this business is is sometimes different than what people think they see. So you should check out the episode, Sports Adjacent Podcast, with Jason Leisure and Russ Dorsey and this man right here, Tony Gill, which you can follow on Twitter at the Tony Gill. Tony, thank you very much for joining me. You did not embarrass the family. That's all I want. This time. That's Tony Gill. I thought Tony was actually great. Like, that was the great NBA talk with Tony. Shoot, I should make him a regular. Be on here talking. Like, that's some grown-ass man stuff that Tony's talking about. And I think he's right. It's, It's a matter of... It's not a matter of NBA players not being allowed to flex. They should be allowed to flex. It's how. How do you go about flexing? And are you really, do you really trust people that can help you? How do you go about trying to find those folks that can help you team build and build it so that you're in a position to do your best instead of, putting a team together of people that you'd like, for example, or trying to kind of do an AAU thing where we're all going to play together type stuff. Do you trust your front office and your ownership to do the right things to help you? And how do you build those relationships? That's probably the next frontier when we start talking about the NBA. Are you doing enough as star A or star B to understand how your organization works and how it can better serve you. I think Tony hit on something. It's it's quite brilliant. I think he's right. I want to talk about the Cubs. We'll do that next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670, The Score. It's time for the Cubs Minute. Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. Fly the W! Wrigleyville fans are awesome. Great food. It's, you know, it's tough to beat. Cubbies. The Cubs Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. It's the rubber game between the Cubs and Diamondbacks. Deep right field. Look up. This is long gone. Rafael Ortega leading things off with a home run on his 31st birthday. Feliz cumpleaños. The Cubs lead one to nothing. Here's the one, two. He swings and hits one in the air. Deep left field. Way back. It's gone. Patrick Wisdom gives the Cubs a 2-0 lead. Home run number six on the year. Here comes the 0-2 line drive. Base hit in the right center field. Around third and coming home is Luplo. He will score, and the Diamondbacks cut the deficit to one. So here's Nick Ahmed, the shortstop, hitting for the right side against the lefty steal. The pitch, ground ball deep in the hole at short. Off the glove of Vargas. Tie ball game. Cubs 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. The pitch, line drive, a blue base hit down the right field line. Cubs will take the lead as Wisdom comes around to score. RBI single by Frank Schwindel. Wick sets at the belt. Minute first and second. The pitch. Ground ball hit the second. VR fields it to second for one. Simmons to first. Double play. Cubs win. A 3-2 victory over Arizona. Highlights courtesy of the score. My guy, Zach Zaidman, on the call. Threw a little Felice Cumpleaños out there. I see you, Zach. Double Z on the call. I don't know if you've been paying attention because going into these last two series, the, the Cubs have been a little forgettable. They've won their last two series. They, they won their series against San Diego. They won their series against Arizona. They start a series on the north side tonight against the Pirates. This is the part of their schedule that things are a little soft and they might be able to make some hay. So it's something to keep an eye on. Like we, a couple weeks ago, we were like, oh, look at this little stretch of games that they have against Arizona and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Maybe this is when the Cubs try to maybe find themselves. But there was a lot of good that ended up happening this weekend. And, and the best part about it is that they won their games. Rossi will be on the show tomorrow at noon, by the way, and we'll talk about everything that's happening with your Chicago Cubs starting at noon on tomorrow's show. Efros, I thought, was pretty good yesterday. 
Steel has been pretty good. I, I, it was a really good trip for them, strangely enough, considering what we were thinking as they were heading into that trip in San Diego. There were a couple Cubs-related things that I wanted to share with you in, in this segment, along with just talking about them winning those, those two series. One of them is Anthony Rizzo being in town. And there were a lot of Cub fans that made their way to 35th and Shields to support Anthony Rizzo and, I guess, root against the White Sox, which is totally fine. And they got a chance to see Anthony Rizzo in Chicago, even though it was on the south side and not the north side. When you look at the guys that are gone, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber. Rizzo is thriving, and the rest of the guys are either hurt or bad. Bryant's been out with back issues in Colorado. He doesn't have a home run for the Rockies. Baez is on the struggle bus in Detroit. And Schwarber is kind of doing the Schwarber thing where he he goes on those benches where he hits a ton, and then there's a valley. And he's in a valley right now. I believe he's sitting under 200 right now for the Phillies. So Anthony Rizzo is, is someone who is succeeding. He's doing well. And the team is doing well. When he was here, a lot of people wanted to talk to him about the Cubs experience. and Like, what was it like coming back here? And if the, the question that was posed to him was, will the memories of the Cubs always hurt because they're the ones who traded him? One of my biggest mentors in this game is John Lester, and he had two historic franchise careers in Boston and in Chicago. And... To have the opportunity to be playing for another historic franchise, you know, the biggest sports franchise in the world, is amazing. And I think creating new memories here is is part of it. And did I think that was going to happen? No. But uh, now that it has happened, I'm very happy with where I'm at and how it's all played out. Can you feel for fans that see this team kind of starting over again? It's almost like back to 11 and 12 and when you arrived. Yeah, I can, and then I see Wrigley Field, and it's it's a, just an amazing place. So, as long as there's as long as there's product on the field, that that venue and the experiences you can't beat. It's a special place. So, obviously, it's it's a lot better there when you're winning. But as a fan, just in general, yeah, you always want to see your team going for the top spot, especially when top franchise with, with a lot of money to spend. Yeah, so you came in at the beginning of that 2000 rebuild that first year. You remember kind of what that the road was like. It's a lot tougher than people can imagine. I just think winning in general is at, at this level of it's a level playing field throughout the front offices. Everyone's keeping up to date and it's just when you do come up and you're young, you don't know any difference. So you're winning or losing, it doesn't really matter. You're just trying to establish yourself. So when you do start winning, you realize how hard it is to actually win every single day and what it takes to win every day. It's a lot easier just to it's a lot easier to be on a losing team than it is a winning team. But it comes along with winning. So you learn that as a player, and what we built is was was amazing. And we we obviously won the World Series, and that was our, that's the ultimate validation. But the years in between that and, and the, the runs we were on and the fun we had will never be forgotten either. Okay, I, I like his approach to it. I think that John Lester, like that type of approach is a really smart one to have where you look at it and say, okay, I can start my career over again and I can be a part of something that's awesome. A texter points out, well, you know, he's 
he's doing well because yeah, like that's that's part of this. Choosing the place that you go and choosing where you can succeed. He's in a ballpark where he's probably going to hit more home runs at home than other ballparks. He's already had a couple of those. He's in a division where the ballparks play to his strengths a little bit as well. And having Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton hitting behind you is a recipe for success. And why right now he's a 151 OPS plus. It's part of the reason that I I looked at Chris Bryant's choice of Colorado and I was like, did you just want to get away? Did you just want to go off the radar? Because that's what it feels like. He was like, I'm going to take some years and just go here and just play. Instead of putting yourself in a position maybe to make less money, but end up playing in a place where you can have the biggest impact. It's like what we were talking about with Tony with NBA players. What drives you? What are the things that you end up wanting? And maybe Chris wants some peace and quiet. And if that's what he wants, he's going to get it. In Denver, no one's going to ask him to do anything. With the current team, Seiya Suzuki, since the beginning of the season, he ended up being the April Rookie of the Month in the National League. There's been some pushback by pitchers they've game planned him better when the Cubs and the Sox played a couple weeks ago Steve Stone was there so I took some of the time the last time I had Stoney on and I wanted to ask him how does he think pitchers will slow down or shut down Seiya Suzuki and what he thought of him as a player here's what Stoney told me I don't think that he's any different than a lot of let's say younger players who come to the major leagues in a major city with a major franchise. He had a a pretty good run of baseball in Japan. So he came over here and make no mistake. He's not a rookie. He is an accomplished and pretty polished major league player at this point. What I liked about him is he's well-schooled. He sets up really well on fly balls. He throws well when he gets a chance to throw. He's got a very strong lower body and you can tell most hitters they have to hit off a solid base. You see all types of body types, but almost without exception, hands and wrists are important, and after that, it's leg and leg strength. He's going to be a good hitter. What happened is when you come over from Japan where they use a lot of splitters and a lot of off-speed pitches, sliders and curveballs, more times than not, they try to fool you, and they did that with him. And so Suzuki comes in. They're looking for all the soft spots, throwing a lot of off-speed pitches. And then they realize, you know what, the one thing they don't have is consistent blazers in Japan. They've got some guys who can throw hard. It's just not hard across the board. I mean, now we bring guys out of the bullpen, and everyone is mid to upper 90s. And so what the league did to adjust to him was say, here, let's see if you can hit this one. Now he starts to get anxious because he got off to a great start. Now it's not great because they're busting him inside with fastballs, and they're saying, can you hit this? And it's, it's very similar to what's happened to Trevor's story with the Red Sox. Although he didn't come from Japan, he came from a long time with the Colorado Rockies. Now you come here to a new fandom, you sign a $140 million contract, and the league, they're just busting a whole lot of fastballs in on his hands right now. And he's not getting the job done. He experienced what Boston will do to you, <laughs> boo you when things aren't going very well. But 
I think that the Cubs have themselves a good one as far as Suzuki is concerned. I think this is just a bump in the road. I think he's going to adjust. I'm not going to tell you he's going to hit 360 anytime soon because I don't think he's that kind of hitter. But he will be a run producer, and he will hit for power. He just has to realize that they're going to be challenging him more until he shows that he can hit that. When he shows that he can hit that, then they'll go back looking for the other soft spots. For the season, Seiya Suzuki slash is 257, 367, 475. We're an 842 OPS, which is really good, and an OPS plus of 146. Here's the good news on Seiya. In the last seven games, 364, 417, 546, with an OPS of 962. So maybe he's now making the adjustment back to what pitchers have done to him. I want to talk about the sports media business next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score, the score, the score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey, Odyssey Station. Station. It's been a really interesting couple of weeks inside of like sports media with the Tom Brady news that after he's done, he's going to get $375 million for 10 years from Fox. And now Drew Brees has joined Fox after leaving or being asked to leave NBC. You know what Drew Brees strikes me as? He strikes me as someone who's been overcoached on how to do broadcasting. And and he strikes me as someone that was like, okay, I'm listening to what you say and I'm going to apply it. And I feel like he's been overcoached. Now, maybe he's just that dude and he's not as interesting as he probably should be. But I I feel like he's someone where you just say to him, just do you. Don't worry about anchor hair or any of the other stuff that you're worried about and being perfect. Because that's how it came across when I would see him on Sunday Night Football uh, in America. I'd be like, just talk to me. Like That's all you have to do is You have all of the knowledge that one could have. You're a Super Bowl winning quarterback that played for a really long time. You've got to be more interesting than this. So my hope is that Fox can deprogram him a little bit and allow him to be himself. But these are some of the things that I worry about with Tom Brady too. He spent a whole life like being perfect and they don't need you to be perfect. Just be you as the card says. Maybe that's a bad example. Never mind. Forget what I was saying. Be someone else. Don't be you. I'll talk with Parkinson Spiegel coming up next here on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.